Welcome to the West Highland Way Race Podcasts. I'm John Kinniston and this is episode 73. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 12th of February, 2015, and um, I hope your training is going well. The West Island Way race is just over four months away, four months and a couple of weeks, so hopefully things are starting to progress with your training, and you're starting to build up some of your longer runs, and maybe some of your back-to-backs, and things are in place. Um, For myself, my main race this year is the Lakeland 100, which is not till July, so I wanted to have a a bit of a slower start to the year in the sense of ultra training. So for January and February, I've been concentrating on more fartlek and speed, and um, I've entered a few different races. I did a 5K on Saturday, and then I've got the National Cross Country in just over 10 days, and then two weeks later, I've got Inverness Half Marathon, and then two weeks after that, my first ultra, the Hardmore's 55. And it's been quite interesting just doing a block of um, speed work and on a Monday night with the club at Kilbarkin, and then a Wednesday tempo. And I ran um, a 5K on Saturday just to see how things were going. And I ran it uh, uh, probably the quickest I've run for about five years. So that was quite encouraging uh, on that. And I mentioned that because um, one of the things we'll be talking about in this episode with Marco is about speed work. And this uh, this episode, there will be um, chatting with Marco. And I've asked Marco to share some thoughts about sort of training tips, really, over the coming podcasts. And in fact, we met on Tuesday and we did a, a sort of four, basically, which I'll in four parts. And I'll play the first part uh, tonight, which is basically when Marco talks about planning a training program and also looking at speed work for ultras. So hopefully you'll find that helpful. And then the main part of this episode is an interview with John Duncan. I interviewed John a few years ago, mainly just about his role as director of the fling. Um, But I was really keen to get John back and have a chat about his own running because he's made big improvements over the last year or so. So I'm looking forward to finding out how he got on. John's first West Highland Way was in 2012, and he took 29 minutes 54. And then his latest one last year, in 2014, and he ran it in 1935. So uh, almost 10 hours difference, over 10 hours difference. So I'm looking forward to ask, uh, chatting to John about that and seeing what, what difference he made to be able to accomplish that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I say... Um, chatting with Marco about training tips and then my interview with John Duncan. Okay, this year for our training tips, I've uh, invited Marco to uh, give us a hand. Marco's someone who's ran the race a number of times and has had some great times. So thank you very much, Marco, for being willing to uh, share some of your thoughts about training. And I know for you, Marco, it's been something that um, is still an ongoing process, isn't it, of trying to get your trainer uh, training right. I remember the first few years when we ran together, we had this idea that it was going to be a two-year plan. And I think it ended up about, what, five years, five I think. Years. Yeah. So, um, it's probably ongoing. I yeah. think I'll be back at the West Ham going, this 10-year plan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
I'm sure lots of people do know who you are, but maybe just on, just first of all, just give us a little introduction of, um, of 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 your running and what you're doing at the moment. Um, most people know me as uh, Debbie's husband. I think <laughs> is that is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better. Um, this year, uh, so yeah, I started off with the West Ham way, being you know I did the Devils, I did the Fling, uh, I did the West Ham way, I did the West Ham way, I did the West Ham way, and I got stuck kind of doing the West Ham way because I, I never got it right until the last time I did it, uh, which was good. Um, since then, I've gone on to do twenty four hour running, hundred k's, uh, and the Lakeland last year as well, uh, and it, it's. It's been quite good. It's going okay. Um, I, I can't complain. Um, I'd like to come back to the West Ham way, but fitting it in uh, is difficult now. So, uh, But this year, my the races I'm doing is... Uh, I've got a race this weekend, a uh, 50k in Ireland, uh, but it's more of a B race for me. Uh, then my main race of the year is the, the World 24 in Turin. And then... Also, a main race. I definitely really excited to go back and do Lakeland again. I, I loved that race; it was good. Um, and as defending champion, you need to. I, I need to defend that as yeah. well. I do also see places where hopefully I can take some time off. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, those who've listened to the podcast in the past know I've interviewed you a couple of times, and we've talked about uh, your years, and I'm sure there'll be other times as well. <laughs> but I thought for this year it'd be really helpful just to chat about some different areas of training because I know a lot of people who listen to these are always looking for new tips and new ideas and so to listen to someone who's been there and has made the mistakes and has learned <laughs> I've from made it a lot yeah, of mistakes then that's what it's about <laughs> so I think let's start with Marco just give us a little bit of a sense of how you plan say for example you were doing the West Highland Way race this year or when you've done it the last no two years ago wasn't it uh, yeah, 2013. Yeah. Yes. So just give us an idea of how you plan out your training, say from, from now, we're, we're in early February. Mm-hmm. So if you were planning out to run the West Island Way, what sort of things would you put in place in your in your plan? So normally when I plan uh, a training plan, I start with the race uh, and then I work back three or... I work back from the taper because my taper is exact same no matter what. Um, and so I find out when I'm going to do my big long runs I then work out where I'm at at the present time and I I have a slow increase every week until I get to those long miles so if I'm on I I like to do back to back so if I'm on 2020 just now and I have 8 to 10 weeks left I will just work out how many long runs I need to do in between there Uh, so I don't even think about what terrain I'm doing on or anything I just think of the miles first of all and then I have sessions that I like to do. Uh, so I know that I like Sundays as a recovery off day. So my back-to-backs are always Friday, Saturday. So straight away I can pencil that all into my training plan. Uh, Tuesdays I've always done a speed session. Um, and I still always do a speed session. The difference nowadays is I don't put such an emphasis on speed. I The emphasis is in the long runs. Uh, especially at the endurance kind of when you're trying to build up that distance um, and so it starts to to write itself what I'm, I'm doing Mondays are an easier day uh, if I've got a lot of, of weeks before my long those back-to-back long runs that I'm going to do then I'll start putting in double sessions as well so uh, maybe after four weeks of doing 
back-to-backs, you start to feel a bit fitter. I'll start putting in a double run on a Tuesday, and then I'll start putting a double run on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Then I'll have a double run on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Normally on a Thursday, I would do a hill run. I used to do two lots of speed a week, um, but it's too much to do that plus all the miles you're doing. So I do one speed session, and normally I don't, you know, and I, I do a hill or a, a hill run. And I got that from Thomas. Thomas used to do long hill runs, never did any speed, and then thrashed me every time we did a race. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's easier to show someone in an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. You like Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. But that is how I do it. I work out a taper first and then work back from there nice. because I, I just do the exact same taper every time. Yeah. But as far as that, um, that plan then, would you plan in easy weeks or are you always basically... Do a bit more every week. Um, every training plan should be fluid. So if if I had three or four weeks and I thought I'm I'm shattered, I will put in an easy week. But the actual plan, when I write it down, is just increasing slowly, never by much. You know, the the, the long runs just by two or three miles, or even one mile uh, towards the end. You know, at the beginning, I know I can go from twenty to twenty five pretty quick. But by the end, you don't want to be doing. 33 33 and then 37 37 the next week so i, I may, might increase that only by one or two miles a week mm. um but have you got um easy weeks built in no well, no no right. I, I will i i try to get you know six or seven weeks of around about 100 maybe over 100 mm. uh now what would would change that if i had a, a b race came in then I would take a week easy after that. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily taper for it. I would probably do a hard week the week before. And then the actual week of the race, I would do... Uh, I wouldn't do double runs. I would be a bit more wary of doing a long speed session. I would still do speed, but it would be short, minute on, minute off or something, something to get the legs going from the long runs at the weekend. Um, I then would probably take Friday off or something or... Um, maybe do a couple of five mile runs instead of your. So that's the, so those, on the, those easy weeks. Then it's um, it's more as you feel, and if you if you feel, cause I remember having a conversation a couple you know a year or so ago, and you were saying that at one time you had a plan and you had to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a speed session plan for Monday, you had to do it, whether your your legs were good from the weekend or not. But then you started to realise that actually, if I wait until Tuesday or even Wednesday, it doesn't matter. Yes. So definitely, that one of the biggest things that, it, or biggest changes that happened to me was uh, I moved office to Edinburgh, mm. and what happened was instead of being in a, a crowd of thirty people where you had to do your speed session on that day, it was me and two or three others, and I was all of a sudden the person running the speed sessions. So I would just say, does does everyone mind if we we move back? The speed session from Tuesday to Wednesday, and what a difference that makes. You know, mm. being fluid with your your sessions is is a big big change. Um, and even some some weeks I've had, you know, oh I've got a little niggle or something, and I'll just forget the speed session altogether. Uh, just take it easy, do some strides if you can, or you know, there's no a training plan. The worst thing you can do, and what I did at the beginning was this was what I had to do every mm. day. When I did that, I got injured, I got tired. Now I listen to how my body's feeling. If you're, if you're knackered, you're knackered for a reason. 
you know, if you're tired, you know, you're going to start not enjoying running if you're tired all the time and you'll go out less. If you want consistency, which is key to any training plan, you have to be fluid. Yeah, yeah. So just think about someone, say, who's uh, listening to this, who's entered the West Highland Way race for the first time, and just looking at the stats, there's well over half that the entries are people who've <laughs> never finished it before, whether they've started before or not finished, I'm not too sure. Um, but if you were advising them, if you were their coach, and they, it's just under five months away, uh, we're just well, four and a bit, four and a half months away, and uh, what would you say to someone um, who was doing it for the first time, maybe wants to finish round about 24, 25 hours, that sort of time, under 30 hours? Uh, what, what main principles would you advise them to work on? <laughs> it's not a two-year plan. <laughs> yeah, book away five years of your life. Um, the first, I think the, the biggest thing I ever did wrong when I first did the West Ham Way was start training for the West Ham Way race in November. I think by the time April came, I was phenomenally fast. As I was like, wow, I'm going to absolutely kill this race. This is great. I can run so fast. And then it just goes downhill from there. I think I think you have to have mini goals on the way. I think, you know, another race. Um, and when I did the 2013 race, I didn't really plan... I don't think I planned to do the West Ham Way originally. I think I entered it, but then never really thought about it and didn't really know whether I'd do it or not. I was lucky enough to, to be doing the 100k in Perth in March. And so all my training was for the 100k. Um, and so it was all flat training. And it was only after that, I think it was two weeks later, I did the fling. And, you know, you think, oh, all I've done is flat training. How am I going to do these hills? Mm. But like Robbie and Paul have said in the podcast before, the West Ham way is flattish. <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. So I think a lot of that flat, long running really helps you. So I think if I was giving someone advice, I definitely would say try and get a B race that you can concentrate on first mm. um, because it's, it's, it's emotionally draining thinking about a race for six months. And I remember, you know, the first time I did the race, you know, this was all I could think about for six months. I remember getting to about 10 or 20 miles from the end and I was near crying. I was crying when you overtook me, but I was crying when, because um, it's such a, God, this is six months of your life. Mm. And I, what am I going to do now? It's, it's an anticlimax, but if you have small races before it and other stepping stones, I think it helps and it makes it, it means you're not training on the West Ham way constantly. And I suppose I know the West Ham way, so it's easy for me to say. And, and I know that maybe I need to go and practice on the lock side or I need to practice at Fort William. And I'll just do those bits because I know the rest. And I'll maybe do every other bit once. I suppose for someone new, they want to learn every single nook and cranny. Um, but the only way I can say it is that when I did the Lakeland, I'd only wrecked most of it once. And it meant during the race, I noticed so many other things and it was great. Mm. Um, I didn't spend loads of time on the course. I only ran the course once completely and a couple of other sections twice. Yeah. And that's probably why I got lost. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think um, to cut a long story short there, sorry. Yeah, no, that's uh, fine. I think, yeah, have other goals. 
right. uh, and really listen to your body. Don't do what I did and think that you can race mm. the 40 miles of the devils right. yeah. faster than you can do the devils and think that you'll recover from that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's helpful for a start. So, think about um, planning out a, a program. Uh, one of the sessions that you mentioned there, Marco, on your uh, training plan and your program is speed work and that you continue to do that. And I know we've had discussions in the past and I know lots of us involved in ultras have quite a bit of discussion about whether we need to do speed work or not. So give us your wisdom and your <laughs> thoughts of how that's evolved in your mind of whether if you're training for a 95-mile race or as a 24-hour race or a hundred, uh, the, the Lakeland 100 are you, do you see speed work as a key part of it or just for a certain time of the year? I do see speed work as um, definitely. Speed, speed work helps you whether you're doing 5k, 50k, 100 miles. Um, it's, it's funny because I've got to a point where I do do the speed work every week still. And like we t spoke about before, if I feel tired, I, I'm not scared to drop a speed session or change it you know and one of the speed sessions I do if I'm feeling tired is just 10 times one minute and to be honest I, I don't even know if there's much um, physical you know help yeah that, that can help you but what it does do is if you're consistently doing these short stride slow runs then your muscles get very tight and I find just doing some speed loosens everything you know, just stretching, you know, really, you know, even doing strides, just stretching your your muscles, I found very helpful. Uh, a lot of my training runs, even my long runs, are faster than I would race. Mm. So I suppose in a way, I'm even doing speed work in my normal day-to-day -day runs, you know, your long your long runs. My my long runs are, um, are more steady runs, I would say, and that's why I break them up into back-to-backs. I don't really... There's a time and place for going and, and taking it easy, but normally that's if I'm wrecking a route rather than training. Training, I normally tend to go fast, but, you know, with me and Debbie, both, you know, all running every, you know, Saturday and Sunday, where time's finite. Mm. Uh, so it's easier going faster to get back quicker. <laughs> to get back quicker, yeah. <laughs> but in the way of speed work, I tend to... Uh, do a lot more speed work in the winter months uh, as they when the ultras come about I still will do speed work but they're dictated by how I feel a lot more mm. so January February I do speed work every week uh, start off with you know 16 times one minute six times four minute uh, working up to maybe a session of three or four times ten minutes um, with maybe two minute recoveries in there and would they be on your own, or would you be running with a group for those? This tends to be a group in Edinburgh. We've got there's about five or six of us that right. train mm. together. Um, and would you advise that rather than trying to do it on your own? Yes, yes. I, I did a session tonight myself. It's yeah, it, it's good to run with people that are faster than you. Yeah. It makes you push. Yeah. Uh, and we're really really geeky we send our stats round so if you if you blow it up in the middle of your speed session you get you get a, a right kind of ribbon for that because you're an idiot <laughs> so yeah. um yeah so i'm lucky enough to uh, have a friend mark 
who's who's coached me for five years, really, um, or has been the the angel in my shoulder, sort of thing, uh, who tells me when I'm doing things wrong and when I'm doing things right. He's never he doesn't run ultras. He he was a hill runner and uh, a track runner, um, but it's the same philosophy to listen to your body, mm-hmm. and it's good to have. A, a, I think it's good to have friends to run with you and to have someone that's got a level head in them because when you're running really well and you decide you're going to do every single race in Scotland as an ultra or something, you need someone to tell you, uh, are you sure you should do that? So it's, it is good to have friends to yeah. to train with. Yeah. Now I can see that the value of speed work for someone like yourself at the elite level and the pace you're running at and your 24-hour race and I've looked on Strava and I see you're 20, you're 20 miles back to back. You're running at seven-minute mile pace, often. You know, which is, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, so it's relative, obviously, to the speed you're going. But again, you think about someone who's looking at doing the race in 26 to 30 hours. Do you think there's a value for them to do speed work as well? I, I do. I do really think there's um, value in doing speed work. I think not just... I think if you do all your training and all your training is that same pace constantly, which is going to be end up your ultra pace, mm. you're just going to get slower. You start to plod. And, and you know, I, I've seen I've seen people that have, to, you know, missed out speed work or, or doing too many miles. They do seem to slow down. Mm. And I think mentally doing something a little bit different and, and pushing your, your boundaries a little bit um, helps actually make the the race feel easier. If you can go and do uh, a speed session at six-minute mile pace, then when you come to do your, your ultra run at nine-minute mile pace, you know, okay, it will eventually feel like that six-minute mile pace. Mm. But for the first <laughs> few hours, it's going to feel pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but I like that speed work gives me extra gears. So if someone, you know, we're not just at the, the sharp end of a race, but any place in a race, you have people you want to try and beat. Mm. If that person runs away from you, it's good to know that you can run. You've got that extra gear mm. you know, in reserve. You never want to run an ultra race full pace. You're never going to run at full pace. You've got all those gears, but if you do speed work, you, you've you taught your body. You know, And there's, there's all this stuff about lactic thresholds and, mm. and all this. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I read about it, and it, it, you know, and speed work helps them. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so we thought on this first episode then about uh, building a training program. Thought a bit about speed uh, speed work. Next time we'll pick another couple of topics and we can uh, think about um, maybe back to back runs and hill work and see how that fits together in our training as well. Right, for our main interview for this podcast, I'm joined by John Duncan. It's great to have you with us, John. Thanks for giving up this evening and um, chatting to us. And uh, if I can just introduce John, um, John is, I think, is well known to the West Harland Way Race family as the director of the Fling and also from this year will be director of the Devil's Race. Um, but this podcast, I wanted to try and spend a bit more time thinking about your own running, John. Uh, in episode 14, I chatted to you about um, directing the fling, and people can, can go back and listen to that one if they want to. Um, but I think particularly those who've been following your progress realise that you had a great 2014. 
You ran the West Harland Way in 19 hours 35.13, which was a 10-hour, 20-minute PB from when you did it in 2012. Uh, and also, you won the Glenmore race with a, with a distance of, pull it here, um, 200 and something kilometres, was it? Um, 200, 211 kilometres, which is 131 miles. But I think you're also very famous for two things. One is your jump whenever you see a camera and you've got a little heel click of you that you jump miles in the air to do and also running with no top on. So I think there are two things that you're quite famous for. So we'll come on to those maybe. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, first of all, John, if, for those who don't know who you are, if you could just introduce yourself um, non-running wise, just a little bit about yourself. Well, hi everyone. I'm 42 years old. Um, grew up in Ayrshire, moved to Glasgow, Drimmon, and now live in Beeth. Been there for seven years. Um, lovely countryside, lovely, lovely country. Um, and you've got an interesting job, haven't you? I'm a stamp dealer. Yeah. So mostly, I don't work that much. Thought, <laughs> well, <when laughs> so I, I'm quite when, poor. When I first heard that, I thought you were some. You know, you had these uh, lots of exotic stamps and you're a real collector but it's more bulk stuff you do isn't it yes I'm not a collector at all no I actually trained um, to be an archaeologist that was my degree I was in and then I did a, another degree in soil mm. science so yes. I worked at Glasgow Uni for 12 <laughs> years and then I got disillusioned by it mm. and fell into stamp dealing okay um, I'm not a collector so I just try and make some money from it right and it keeps you afloat does it just about, just, just about. about, yes. Okay, obviously this is more about running, so tell us a little bit about how you got into running in the first place, and then particular into ultras. Probably a lot of people, I ran at school, there was a, a local running club in Cumnock, um, a good bunch of people, um, did 5Ks, cross country, really enjoyed it. But my main sport was basketball at school. So that's where my heel click comes from. Oh, right, okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first one then. Yeah. So, um, yes, and then kind of stopped running when I went to university, 18, as a lot of people do. Found other things to amuse myself with. Mm. And did a little bit of running, maybe once every six months I would go for a run. Um, and I didn't get back into it until probably mid-30s. Okay. Um, I read a book on holiday about ultra running in January, and it was it was Dean Carnazzi's book, oh, Ultra, right. Ultra yeah. Marathon Man. Yeah. And something just struck a chord, so it says by the end of the year I'll run a 50 miler. Mm. And that was in 2007. Mm. And I ran the... The Round Rotherham. Yep. Yep. In the December, I think, of 2007. Yep. Yep. Um, hobbled home in ten and a half hours. It's a very muddy course, isn't it? I yes, it's, and it's not very pretty, right. but okay. um, I was chuffed to finish. So that's what started it off, and then I looked to see if there was any ultra ultra marathons in Scotland. I didn't know anyone else who did trail running oh, right. or ultra running at all, okay. and that's when I entered the fling. But that was a few years later, wasn't it? That was um, 2011. No, I I entered no, the fling the next year. Oh, 2009. But I was injured, right? And that's where Murdo McDonald asked me to marshal. Okay. So that was my first involvement. That was 2008. 2009. Nine. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, but right. it was 2009 you ran? Yes, yes. Okay. 2008 I helped out. Yeah. 2009 I ran it. Yeah. And then you took over organising from 2011, really, yeah. 2010. 
Excellent. Okay. Um, so I'd, I'd like you've done quite a few ultras now over the over the different ones over the, the time, but I'd like to concentrate particularly on the the West Harlem Way. You've done that twice, and um, the first time was in 2012. So you'd done the fling and you'd done the round Rotherham. So you were obviously it was the next step up. Um, so how did that one go? You finished in 29 hours, 54 minutes, and 18 seconds. You were 93rd overall. So yep. so how, how did it go? It started well. <laughs> um, I hadn't done a huge amount of training. I'd been in pain all year. Um, but started well. was roughly on for maybe 25 hours. And then... And was that the aim? Yes, roughly. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. really have a aim. Right. Um, so, and then just before kind of leaving, my ankle seized up. Yeah. So it took me eight hours from kind of leaving to the finish. So wow. I was second slowest. Um, yeah. I was beat by Donald Sandman <laughs> um, in 2012. He the slowest. Right. Kind of leaving to Fort William. Yeah. And it's a long, long way, isn't it, when you're walking? Yes, in the dark. Yeah. Um, Lorna McMillan was my support. And, yeah. um, and so was Karen and George, George mm. Reed. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a long, it was a long, yeah. cold, wet, dark night. And uh, uh, during that night, did you ever think, oh, I'm never doing this again? Or was it a case of, I'm going to come back and do it properly? Or what, what was the thoughts? I was just swearing every step. So there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't anything, any other space for other thoughts. Okay. Just yeah. didn't, didn't think I wouldn't finish. Yeah. But, but it wasn't much fun. It was, it was unpleasant. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so from that race, what big lessons did you take away from that, uh, from that experience of your first one? I guess I found out later, about four or five months later, that I had a moving pelvis, which had affected my running, my training all year. Um, so, so my training hadn't been as good as it, I'd hoped. Mm. I hadn't done the long runs because long runs were painful. So, mm. um, it was my first time at that distance. Yeah. So it was a, it was a learning. Yeah. A learning experience. Yeah. So I, I, I remember later on in that year, in the uh, September, you ran the Glenmore 12, and that was the one I did. And we, we shared a couple of laps together, didn't we? Yeah. And I remember at that point you were saying you're growing, and I think you were about to go for a, a hernia operation, were you, or needed one? or? Yes, I had a double hernia operation, double and also I was um, diagnosed with osteitis pubis. Okay. So that's a moving pelvis. So right. I had to take, I had the operation and Took probably six months off of zero exercise. Yeah, how was that? It was okay. I was busy with the fling, so right, okay. Um, so you're still involved in in ultras, but yeah. not not running. Yeah, yeah. And then when you came back from that, did you feel a lot stronger and healthier? It was just nice to run without pain. Yeah. So just yeah. built up gradually, and just having no pain made it so enjoyable. Yeah. So running yeah. was a yeah was something I wanted to do. Good. And certainly from your results in that um, that next year, I, I think you did the, um, is that yours, the 2013 Glenmore? Did you? Yes. Yeah, yep. okay, so, so that was your first race back, was it? Yes. Yeah. And then obviously 2014, you built up and you did a few more races, didn't you? Yes, 2014, it started off terribly. I had a really bad day with stomach and bottom problems <laughs> at the Glasgow to Edinburgh. Right. Um, Ultra marathon. I was two hours slower than I hoped to be because yeah. I felt fit. I'd been running all winter. Right. Felt great. Yeah. And just the bad day. Mm. So. Um, 
that was that. And then I just continued on training for the West Highland Way. Yeah. That was my next big yeah. big race of the year. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let, let's spend a little bit of time thinking about that one because I think a lot of people were really fascinated by that race. Um, most people uh, struggle in the second half, but you had a, a brilliant second half, didn't you? And you finished it in 19th place in 19 hours 35.13. So as I said, that's over 10 hours 20 minutes faster than you did it two years previously. So that's a massive improvement. I think most people improve the second, the second time they do it, but to take 10 hours off. Um, so just tell us a little bit about your preparation for that. Um, your mileage, your training, um, how you prepared yourself for that race. My training hadn't... I'd, I thought about my running, I was really enjoying it and I was wanting to improve. So um, after speaking to Debbie Martin Kasani, mm. um, I got a running coach. Yep. So that was last March. Um, Ian Sharman from Sharman Ultra. And the main thing, what I've been doing is I've been running more. Mm. That's, I think that's what the improvement was down to. Rather than running 10 times a month, I'm running 20 times. Right. So, um, so in that, that coaching with Ian, have you met him or do you do it all online? And it's all online. We we speak every couple of weeks. Right. And is he fair, is he fairly um, prescriptive in what you do each day? You have to do certain sessions, or is there a little bit of flexibility? What? Yeah, he gives, gives me a plan of of what to do, type of running. Yeah. Every day, um, I'm probably his worst client because I don't think I've <laughs> ever stuck to it right. in any okay. one week. Right. Over the last year, so. But I try. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then he monitors that, does he? Yes. Do you have to upload it or tell him what you've done? Or Yes, yeah, so I just put it into a spreadsheet right. um, that we both can see. Okay. Um, yes, and we speak, we have a conversation every couple of weeks right. about lots of different things. Right. He does know his stuff. He's done over 200 yeah. Yeah. marathons and ultras. Yeah. So. Well, I remember last year, did it, wasn't it those, didn't he do 400 mile races in the States? It's a big. The Grand Slam. The Grand yes. Slam, yeah. yeah. And he won it, didn't yes. he? There was him and another guy were really close all the I way through so. yeah but so. but they were they were either first or second in each race never mind the fact that they were doing four of them so he obviously knows um, his stuff so yeah going back to the, yeah. the west Island way last yeah. year my training hadn't gone to plan really i'd missed out a lot in my long runs mm. and the longest run i did before the west Island way race last year was um 41 miles that was from um mogai to benglass yeah about 41 yeah it is yep. and that was a month before and then three weeks before, I did back-to-back marathons from Glencoe to Fort William, yep. Saturday and Sunday. Right. I did the Saturday slow yep. and the Sunday fast. Okay. So you ran one way and then ran back the next? No, we did the no. same. Right. Oh, I see. I did, right. the, I did the Saturday run I did with friends with, with Kaziah and Lorna. Ah, right. And then the next day you went on your own and pushed it? Yes. Yeah. Right. So okay. the exact, same, exact yeah. same route. And I really liked that. Yeah. Um, and so mentally, you'd done that last section twice just a yep. few weeks before the race. Yep. And that, weeks did, before. did that give you good confidence, do you think? I really enjoyed the, the Sunday, so I had a yeah. good feeling about it. Right. Yeah, and that was running with tired legs and... Yes, and a, bag, a, ba- a big a, backpack right. as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so my mileage up to the race last year, in the last month I did 93, 75, 60, and the last week was 51. So you did 51 the week before the race? Yep. Right, okay, so you didn't really taper much? No, not a huge amount, No, no. And was that all advice from Ian, or is that your own thoughts? It's, that was mostly, for, yeah, <laughs> mostly from Ian. Um, I stuck to it in, in June, 
last year that was after the fling yeah. nonsense was over and I had more time right. so June yeah. was my training month really okay Right. Um, and looking back, well, it obviously worked well for you, but would you have liked a bit longer, or did you feel... No, I will take 19 and a half hours yeah. any day, so... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so on, on the start line then, you've, you've done it once before, you know what it's like to have to walk from Kinlock Leaven in seven and a half hours, wherever it took you. Mm -hmm. um, you, always, you obviously didn't want to do that. Uh, so what was your race tactics on, on, for the day at the start line at one o'clock? I was hoping to get a PB. Yep. Well, um, that wasn't going to be too hard. Well, was it? You, you never know. That was that was all I had in my mind yeah. because my training hadn't gone as well as I, I hoped with the long runs. I had no real expectations. Expectations. Right. I just went. Well, let's see. Okay. See um, how it goes. And unlike yourself, I ran without a watch. <laughs> yeah. Without a Garmin, just run to feel. Right. And um, just started off nice yeah. and easy. Yeah. And well, I must admit, I was chatting with my friend Johnny Rowe when he did the race last year. We had a run on Sunday, and we were—I was saying I was interviewing you this week, and he said, "Oh, I ran with John for a bit early on," and I said, "Yo, how was he?" And he said, "Oh, he just looked so relaxed and happy, mm -hmm. and you're obviously running well within yourself for that—I don't know how long for—but he he was with you for a few times over the first twenty, thirty miles." Yes, I guess I had no pressure because I thought my training hadn't gone that well, so. Okay. I didn't have a target in mind. I was just right. just hoping to to enjoy it and yeah. and run smooth and and easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, a tough section um, up Lockside just for maybe an hour, and it was that's my favourite part. Mm. I love the technical, yeah. the technical stuff. Yeah. But I just slowed it down a little bit and yeah. sat in a rock and monkeyed about with my laces. Okay. I had it for a minute and then then that passed. Yeah. And from then on, yeah. I didn't have any other lows at all. I so yeah. I got to um, Dindrum in about 11 hours just when the relay was started. That's right, yes, because yeah. there's some photographs of you, aren't there? Just yeah. everyone started at the relay and you run past, don't you? Yeah, I thought uh, there was a big crowd out for yeah. me, but they just all started walking away <laughs> as I ran up. But, yeah. um, and at that point you had no shirt on, so that was you, <laughs> you stood out as well, I think. I do struggle in the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh. so was the shirt off quite early then? Yes, it was off. Um, probably in the the Bogle Glen, I took it off. Right. Okay. So not that, not too early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was midges. And then it stayed so, off for the rest of the race. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. when you came to Lundavra, you had no shirt on when we were marshalling there. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. So you you went you, you got to halfway feeling comfortable, and then you basically just got stronger and stronger, didn't you, over the second half of the race? Yeah. I just felt I just felt great, and I just yeah. kept it smooth and easy. It was. I floated all the way up Rannochmuir. <laughs> just floated all the way up yeah. down into Glencoe. And were you um, passing people regularly? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. How did that make you feel? It's great. Yeah. It's great, you know, and, and especially the relay people as well. I was passing them. Oh, wow. They would pass me when they started. Yeah. And then I would catch them up. Wow. So not many, but you know, one yeah, or two. Yeah, no, but so. again, it just shows you how well you were going. Um, and I, I had a wee tear in my quad just coming down from Glen, um, Glencoe Ski Centre down yeah, the road. Right. I was kind of pushing it a little bit. There's a lot yeah. of people about. Yeah. You're trying, <laughs> showing off. With. You're trying to run fast. A few heel clips. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't really a big issue. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of went away. And I knew things were going well. Yeah. Um, I, but I didn't know. I didn't know really. I knew when we got to Kinnock Leaving and um, Scott and Antonio didn't give me my head torch. That right. things were right, yeah, 
they were going okay. Yeah, yeah. And then from kind of leaving up and over the hill, and then I bumped into Caroline Gibson, yeah, who was doing the relay, right, yeah. And I asked her the time, and she could she, <laughs> and she went. I can't remember what she said. Something like seven o'clock. Yeah. And I'd kind of lost four hours because <laughs> I was kind of thinking if I do twenty. 22, 23 hours. Yeah. That'd be great, you yeah. know? And that's finishing round about midnight, isn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. just, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, if it was 23 hours, you'd be midnight. Yeah. Because it starts right, at okay. 1 in the morning, yeah. so... Yeah. So, um, I thought, well, that'd be great, but then... And, and you couldn't quite work out what that equated to, then, could you? Well, no, Caroline had some problems with her watch, so she couldn't tell me the exact time. Right. So, okay. I knew, I knew I'd lost some hours somewhere, <laughs> so... Oh, you were just quicker than so, you thought. So, and that gave me a spark as well, so... Right, Okay. And I just... So at what point did you realise you were going to be under 20 hours, say? When I finished. Wow. I finished. See, it's funny, John, because I've, I've, I've been under 20 twice. Uh-huh. But I've, it's been... <laughs> you know, for me, it was a target from about uh, times and onwards. I knew it was possible or mm-hmm. I could do, and I, I was just pushing to try and get under that 20 hours. And um, whereas, obviously, for you, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't realise how fast you were going. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed the second half. I just, yeah. I just was, felt as if it was floating. That's brilliant. You know, eighty percent of it. So yeah. So, so if if you look look back on that, then what was the the thing? Was it having that easy start? You think, or what 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 made the second half so good for you? I really don't know. Just <laughs> everything, everything worked on on that day. Right. I think I didn't have any real issues at all. Yeah. I quite often have stomach issues, but. Um, I had no nausea. Right. I was eating well, yeah. um, and I was enjoy- I was enjoying it. And yeah. Yeah. that catching people in the second half is great because yeah. you just yeah. you see them in the distance. And because presumably the previous time it was you that was getting caught, wasn't it? You know, and people lot, were going yeah. past you, and it's just it is demoralising, isn't it? When you get caught, and then you f- you look across someone, and you think, oh, they're struggling, but then you think I must be struggling more because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've gone past me. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, it was good. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you are. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, because um, I know that, you know that a lot of us like to look at the stats and things, and I think your percentage-wise was one of the best last year, in the sense of running an e- as close and even race. Because it's going to be difficult to do an even split, isn't it? But um, as I say, to, to be able to keep that going and be that strong uh, right to the end is. It's uh, commendable. Thank well you. done, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No. Um, and then you backed that up with a, a really good Glenmore 24, didn't you? Yes. I guess because my training hadn't gone completely to plan for the West Highland Way, mm. I then focused, well, Glenmore's going to be my A race, my big race. Right. Um, and that's what I focused on from the West Highland Way. Okay. Um, and again, did you have particular uh, distance targets in mind or...? I felt fitter for the for Glenmore than I did for the mm. West Island Way. Okay. So. Yeah, I felt I felt mm. quite good. I felt the best I've ever felt. Right. So. Okay. So I, in in your mind, was that a better performance than the West Island Way? It wasn't surprising. Okay. And the West Island Way was was pretty. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. You know, I think to everyone. <laughs> so, um, Glenmore, I did have. 130 in my mind. Okay. Um, beforehand, I was feeling quite confident. Mm. Mm. Um, if, it all depends how, how things yeah, go. Of course. So, yeah. again, I just started easy. Yeah. Ran without a watch. Yeah. Um, 
and then you get the the horn at 100 miles and that was about 6am right so, so you still was, had 6 hours to go yeah mm. so yeah yeah just just it, around. I'd, I'd done a few laps running the other way and I'd seen you a few times and then um, in the morning you just looked to be again running really strongly right mm -hmm. to the end of the race um, yeah I didn't think I would win at right. all yeah. you know it was only later on it was only about two hours to three I don't know I can't remember maybe three hours to go that I knew that was in first place alright okay. so, it's hard to know with a route like uh -huh. that isn't it because it's a four mile loop for those who don't know and you don't really know whether someone has had a rest or they've kept running or because mm -hmm. in a sense four miles it takes quite a number of laps to catch people doesn't it so you're not catching people all the time are you or overtaking the same people no no but you know I, um i'd been lapped you know by by other runners mm. um but i just ran i ran to feel again and yeah and just yeah but i didn't think i'd win at all because it was it was there was a lot of good runners there yeah. that, that you know done a lot faster way selling ways than I have. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, and they're a lot faster in every other race. Yeah. So. And that whole thing about running to feel is that it, I think one of the one of the dangers of that is that you can tend to run too quick early on because if you've tapered well, you're fit, you you could easily go off too fast. But from what you're saying, both the West Highland Way and the Glenmore, you were able to to really hold yourself back. And run by feel comfortable rather than going too quick. Is that fair to say? I don't know. It just, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess you know those two races show that I didn't go off too quick. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Um, but the, you know, without you just a watch, it easy. I just, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. It, it's from my perspective. I think it's quite hard. You got to be pretty disciplined uh -huh. to hold yourself back because you you want to you know if you're fit and you've tapered, then you're ready to go, aren't you? So to run by feel, you you've got to be running almost slower than you want to. Right. Okay. Way. See what I mean? Uh huh. I didn't really think it as running right. slower, just yeah. easy, very easy. Okay. Um, yeah. and try not to fall over. But uh, <laughs> going back to the West End Way race, I did fall over after about. Quarter mile, four hundred meters, something like that. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Uh -huh. So, because <laughs> um, there's loads of people about you yeah. there as well, isn't it? And I mean, oh no, ripped my shorts and oh, burst no. my water bottle, oh, and so my shorts were soaking by the time yeah. I got to gym in, yeah, with the water bottle leaking. <laughs> right. So um, <laughs> you have to run faster to get them dry, then. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think um, obviously for somebody who's, I've known you for a few years now and just seeing the improvement you made, but what, what you're saying, you probably needed that operation and then to come back with a, a new joy of running and that's obviously made a big difference and certainly I think last year was a real breakthrough year in the sense of your performances have just gone up a good, you know, a few notches. Yeah, I've just been running more. Yeah. You know, yeah. in yeah. the past I was very sporadic. Right. Um you know, yeah. maybe run and five obviously you take or... having a coach and it, presumably you're paying for that, aren't you? So, yes, yes. You know, you, it's, it's, it's showing that you're taking it serious mm -hmm. and that you're wanting to get the best out of yourself and uh, that, all that helps as well. Yeah, I guess sometimes I struggle with time, especially running up to the fling yeah. and then also the devil this year. So course, I was yeah. trying to make the, the, my running time as productive as possible, Yeah, you know, for, for getting fit. The main reason I, I run is... To feel fit, yeah, you know, 
it's, it's a good feeling too. Yes. Um, I still don't think I'm there yet, but no, no, it's more to come. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that's so, the main reason. Yeah. So what about this year then? What are your plans for 2015? Um, in three weeks' time, going to run the Trans Gran Canaria. Okay. Race. That's a North Face race. First race abroad, so right. quite excited. No one's yeah. coming, and I'm taking my, my parents for a holiday right. for a week. Great. Good. Good. Um, so that's 80 miles, but there's a lot of there's a lot of climb. There's eight, eight and a half thousand meters of meters. climb, right. and about the first half. Wow. The first 40, 50 miles. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm not very good at, and also I hate the heat, so it's a double challenge. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. so it'll be the toughest thing. Yeah. In fact, I, I put some, and we'll come on to some of these, but I put some, um, I think, a comment on Facebook. I was interviewing you, and a few people have seen you out running with poles, and were asking, is that for the UTMB or is that for this race? Or it's for this this race. Right. Okay. Um, I haven't I haven't entered the, the UTMB okay. or the CCC. Right. So I so, wanted to see how. You, this have you planned to use the poles for this race? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel they help? I think they do. Whether it's more a mental crutch. Yeah. Just for power hiking up hills. Yeah. So for you, um, it's more the uphill, is it? Yes. Yeah. The, the bonus I've found is I do love my technical downhills, mm. and they give you stability if you put out like almost big arms. Okay. So um, have you plan to use the poles up and down. Most most of the, the technical downs and yeah. and the ups. Right. Um, yeah. Has it taken a while to get used to them? Um, I, I used them for a full week. I actually, I, I, I sneaked off um, for a for a week in Gran Canaria a oh, couple right. weeks ago. Good, good. So, so you've I, been on the course. Yes. Excellent. Um, Noni and I were actually on holiday there last February. Yeah. Just for a just for a holiday, and it happened to be the week before. Just which, happened to. It yeah, was by just, sheer chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the week before the race. Um, so we ran a lot of the race and we okay. saw a lot of the runners we were staying at the same hotel as, oh, wow. as Scott Jurek and yeah. a few of the others good because it's a big race internationally isn't it yes yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that made me think about it and it fits in quite well with taking time off for the fling yeah I can you know I can take it a bit easier yeah. so being in March it, it fits my um, my schedule I guess my, you know, my, my year yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing is I've been I'm almost starting to taper now but everyone's just starting to. Right. Okay. So I've been better off kilter with with other people. Right. So yeah, I've just been hoofing up a lot of hills on my own. <laughs> okay. So you've got that one, and yep. then what's after that? After that would be the West Highland Way race. Right. Okay. I, w- I was going to leave it this year. Um, I was going to retire from it after <laughs> after my time last year, but it got an hour. About an hour before the closing of the month. Yeah. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. You were, you were yeah. literally an hour before. Uh-huh. Wow. So I, I entered an hour before, and luckily I got I got yeah. a place. So um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to take some of the this winter training. Yeah. Forward, but I do need to get faster because I'm at the moment I'm good. I'm I'm okay at yeah. power hiking up hills, mm. but um, I feel a lot slower. Right. Um, okay. But. So we got a goal for this year, another PB, another ten-hour PB. <laughs> I, would, I, I know I haven't. I haven't even thought. All my all my thoughts yeah. have been on the right. Trans Gran Canaria. Okay, because because it's costing a fortune. Right. <laughs> so have to sell um, a lot of stamps, do you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll get um, Trans Gran Canaria out of the way, and then see where we are, and probably end of May. Yeah. Okay. Um, a one-minute PB would be great. Right. Yeah, we'd be happy with that. Yeah. 
And then after that, have you got anything else for the second um, part of the year? No plans at all. No plans yeah. at all. I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough that um, Bill and Mike have offered me a free place for Glenmore. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah. Reigning champion. So, so I can take that. I can take that um, offer up at any time. Okay. That's so good. I do fancy. I do fancy yeah. going back. Yeah. Um, and that would fit in quite well with the with organising the Devils, wouldn't it? And then. Yes. Give you another month or so afterwards. Yes, and then hopefully maybe finish off the the year with the hill. Something oh, like that. Wow. I've, I've been following it the last two years. Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe something you like that. You fancy that, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I can see that playing to your strengths, actually. So, yeah. But that would be a, a big step up. Yeah. Okay. But so watch this space. It could be a good year. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Just yeah. see. It's good yeah. to run without pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one other thing, I guess, that is that I think has affected, affected me beneficially is not having any injuries yeah really I know everyone's got you know yeah. aches yeah. and pains but yeah. I do get um, a sports massage right. at least once a month okay um, yeah I think that consistency if you can, can, can consistently get out there and get the longer runs in it's it's going to help isn't it yeah so Excellent. Well, we wish you all the best for 2015. Thank you very um, much. I would like just to, obviously, I wanted to spend more time on the running, but just a little bit about the race directing, um, because um, you took on you took on the fling, which was a great race before, and Murdo and Ellen did a brilliant job getting it going. And but I think the last two three years, you've just raised the level of it in a sense, the numbers and the, and the relay and everything else. So that's gone really well. Um, and then this year you've taken on the Devils race. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came about? Yes. Um, yes, uh, I've, I've been in touch with Gary and Gemma, who have mm-hmm. run it for the last what, 12 years. Right. Uh, no, sorry, 14 years. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. um, over the last year. And I said to them, you know, if you ever think of, of not putting it on, then mm-hmm. think of me first. Right. So, or, or at least give me, you know, maybe we could talk. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I didn't think I'd hear any anything more. We've been in mm-hmm. touch a couple of times, but um, and I ran it last year. I mean, yeah. you know, we're all very friendly. Um, great race, great route. Mm, yeah. And because I thought it would fit in nice, you know, well with the fling. Yeah. Um, and then I just got uh, an email from Gary. So mm. due to a number of reasons, mainly personal, right. um, he said, "Would you like to to talk about taking it over?" So a couple of meetings. Um, really good meetings, um, yeah. and we agreed it, and and that's it. And so, Gary and Jim were great with the handover, and yeah. um, so yeah, this should be fifteen years it's been running. So, wow. so it's been going it ten five years longer than the the fling. Yeah, yeah. Because I think initially, I remember the first year that I got involved, two thousand seven. It used to be about two or three weeks before the West Harlem Way. Okay. Yes. And then after that, they they changed the day. So I remember the first three, the first two guys who did the the, the grand uh, the um, the triple crown. It was basically the fling, and then six weeks later the devils, and then two weeks later the West Harlem Way. Yeah. So it was a lot harder challenge. Yeah. Whereas the year after, I think I did it in oh nine when I did the three, and it was more spread out then. It's more doable now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if people want to try and do all three in one year. Yeah, people yeah. seem to. Yeah. Yeah. To like it, so, so that'll be that'll be. Yeah. A, so have you got thoughts? How are you gonna uh, take it on, or is that still you're still thinking that through? Still, still lots to think about. Yeah. Um, the one thing you know you want, it's got its own personality, mm. um, and you don't want two similar races, you know. Right. So we'll keep them keep them separate. And, yeah. But there's lots of 
lots of but I see from the website you've you've changed the the the, the thing about having a support team of you yeah and um, and and having water at the checkpoints and drop bags rather than people having to find support for the race yes uh-huh. yeah. Gary Gary they were thinking of doing that as well oh were they yeah so yeah. it just made sense yeah um, I think so I think I got the impression when the devil started. There weren't many ultras about, and 40 miles, 42 miles was a long way. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, with the West Highland Way and some of the 160-mile races and yeah. double catarans and all everything else, four, mm. 40 miles has, hasn't, 42 miles, it doesn't feel as far now somehow, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, uh-huh. you yeah. know, when it's in summertime, it's, yeah. um, I, you know, so it's not the norm, I think, now, yeah. to, to need support. Yeah. And, you know, I guess a lot of those support can now be marshal or yeah you know you know or be involved in, in other yeah. ways yeah and it means you can make the race bigger as well doesn't it if, if you yes, if if haven't got motorized support yes we'll still keep it the same this year right. um because it'll be a learning year especially for me yeah um yeah. it'll be a steep learning curve yeah um, but i'm sure you the, the, the contacts you've got you know there's you've got marshals who do the fling every year and love it don't they and I'm yeah. sure they'll come with you and want to help at the Devils as well. Well, yeah, I've already got quite a lot of, of new people, new yeah. people, and and um, old people who have been involved in it mm. for many years yeah. are, are yeah. wanting to help out. So that's yeah. good. And it yeah. filled up pretty quickly, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And is that something you enjoy as much as running, or in a different way, or how do you feel about the directing races compared to running them? I love organising stuff. Yeah, I love the logistics and right. thinking about it. And I was in my element over in Gran Canaria there two weeks before, yeah. kind of wrecking for the race, but also going to the supermarkets, seeing what they've got in, right. so what what I can buy in the supermarkets oh, okay. and, and the best roads to get between checkpoints yeah. and <laughs> times. And so I like all that. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy organising stuff. Yeah. Well, you can see that. I think that those of us who've run or been involved in the fling can see your attention to detail. You know, I've done it from a running point of view, and I've helped Marshall, at, yeah. uh, you know, at, at once as well. I could see the way you help the marshals feel part of it as well. It, it, it all adds to the race. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's it's good fun. Yeah, you know, just trying to give people a a good time. Yeah, well, you certainly uh-huh. certainly do that. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's just maybe go back to um, a few questions to finish with. Uh, I put on Facebook that I was interviewed. We did get a lot of silly questions as well, so we'll have to, we'll have to leave those, I think. Um, but Alan Doig says, what was the biggest positive and also any negative lessons learned from your brilliant performance in winning the Glenmore 24 last year? The biggest positive? I guess winning. <laughs> winning a race. Yeah. I hadn't won a race since... Since school, right. you know, yeah. since um, since cross country at school, so yeah. and there's been no no negative at all. No, that's yeah. Um, I think that's come across tonight in the interview. That I think uh, when you've had an injury and you you know and you've run in, run with pain, once that's sorted out and you start running without pain, it's just such a good feeling, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and it just means that you can enjoy the runs rather than because you know you, you're always going to have little niggles, aren't you? But just the difference it makes being able to to run without having to worry about your, your groin or your knee or yeah. whatever else. It's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, we we've asked about um, 
the poles. Yeah. So Keith Ainsley was saying you've been training with poles recently. Does he feel they are benefiting his running? So you've talked about a bit about yes, that. Yes, yeah. that's just for the, yeah. the Transgran Canaria. Yeah. So. Um, David Martin says, how many miles per week were you running in the run-up, no pun intended, to the Glenmore 24 to be able to run over 130 miles in a in a day? Uh, I can't remember. Right. Before the Glenmore... Uh, He's now looking up his iPad and his training schedule. Sorry, everyone. No, that's fine. Uh, not a huge amount, actually. The four weeks before, I did 32 miles, 34 miles, 90 miles, and 40 miles. Okay, so that was the four weeks before? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, mm. my, my biggest week um, was a week before the West Highland Bay race. That was 93. Right, yeah. So okay, so not massive, not no, massive miles. No. Yeah. I did, I did do the, the devil, um, but I didn't run that. I used that as a training run right. for Glenmore. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Sandra McDougall says, what have you changed in your training to get so damn good? The main thing is just running more. Right. As I said, yeah. running 20 times a week rather than 10. Tw- a week. A, week. <laughs> <laughs> a month, a, a month. month. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and, have, and having some advice from the coach. And, yes. Yeah. Um, and I guess sports massage so you don't have... Yeah. Recover you better. Get, you don't get, and, and also you don't get injuries. Yeah. It's kind of preventative rather than, than treatment. Yeah. Uh, what races are on your wish list? <sighs> I don't know. The Highland Fling. Right. <laughs> it's hard for you to run that now, though, isn't it? No, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it forward that, that much. Okay. So I guess it would be nice to do... Maybe a race in America. Okay. Um, a hundred mile in America. Yeah. But there's loads of them. So yeah. you know, fancy the the Lakeland Hundred or the Hardmores Hundred and Ten. They're two races I've done that I just absolutely love. And um, they're, not, they're not that far away. And I think again, both those races would suit you yeah. in the sense that if you're able to run right to the end, and uh, you're strong enough, then it's a great course to be able to make you know catch people up. I haven't thought about them that much. Um, uh, I've actually never run in the lakes. Oh, it's beautiful. So, it. so it might change my mind. If, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going down to do Lorna and I are going to do the Hardmills Marathon on Sunday. Oh, right. Okay. So that'll be my last yeah. long run right. before, before hard run before. That's the Osmotherly one, is it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think what thirty twenty nine miles. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, they're always over a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. So. Okay. Um, and she also says, have you got an eye on a GB Scotland or a GB or a Scotland vest? Do you think you might get into a... No, no. no I'm too old and too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she is asking, uh, do you think we'll see you pounding the track soon? You know, no. Maybe doing no. a track race or a... No, no I, I went down to, to crew for Noni this year at Tooting. Great to crew, but it, yeah. I don't, don't, I don't it. fancy it, no. Yeah. no. Stick to the trails. So. Yeah. Um, Mirdo McEwen, wearing your race director's hat, in what ways can runners of, in your events make your job as easy as possible? Mm, I guess don't leave things to the last minute. Mm. If you haven't booked a bus, book it now rather <laughs> than the week before. Right. Or, um, yeah. And, yeah, 
don't email me if it's not important. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also saying there, what are the main things they can do to to give you uh, easily avoidable hassle? So leaving things to the last minute. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, Katrina Adams says, read the instructions. <laughs> and that must be frustrating. If you've already laid down in letters and on the website and then people ask the questions which you've already answered, then that can, can be a bit frustrating. Yeah, but, I yeah. guess all the runners, especially the fling, they'll get, they'll get a, a race pack um, email, you know, two, three, four weeks before. So that'll have all the information you ever need. Yeah. Um, OK, Scott Wesley... Uh, what was the main factor on achieving over a 10-hour PB at last year's West Highland Way? And aren't support crews amazing? Yeah, it was mainly having Antonia Wesley as support. <laughs> yeah. it was oh, funny. Scott was there as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember at Landavra when Antonia came in, you know, she was on such a high that you were doing so well. And as you came in, she was, get going, get going. You know, she, she wasn't having any, uh, any hanging around. Yeah, I guess I had it. I thought it through in my head the whole race, and what I wanted at each checkpoint, um, and not not losing time at checkpoints, trying to to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think that was okay. George Frumit says, now that you're race director for the Fling and the Devil, do you foresee a time in the future where you may be the race director for all the Cripple Crown races? And if so, what changes would you make to the West Highland Way race? <laughs> No comment. Okay. <laughs> no, it is, I think it is good because, um, you know, I, I think the races, they do work well together, don't they? And I know, because obviously I'm involved in the committee of the West Highland Way Race, and we, we share a lot together, don't we? Yeah. You know, signage and advice. And uh, I know we've looked at some of the things that you've done for the fling, and we've had to think, right, we've got to up our game. <laughs> you know, things like your finish at the fling is amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we thought have thought a little bit about. But then the West Island way, we ha- I think our prize giving is something which is different to yours. You know, and, and they, they complement each other, the races, don't they? Yeah, you yeah. know, we all work together. And yeah. it's, it's, there's no competition no. at all. Um, and it's great. And agent helps me out so much. Yeah. Um, and he's on the... Right. The West Island Way yep. Race Committee yep. too. Yeah, um, and I know all the other directors of the other Scottish races. That everyone helps each other, don't they? And yeah, it's a great support yeah. there. It's good. It's yeah, because often you see at your race, you've got a number of race directors marshalling and helping on on the race if they're not running. So, yeah, it all works well together. Yeah. Um, and I think the last good question we've got is from Robert Osfield, and he says, "What type of diet do you follow during training?" And what do you eat, drink on race day? Now, you said this year in the West Highland where your food went really well, you had no stomach issues. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you do in the build-up to the race and actually on the race day? Food-wise, hmm, I like cooking, so I probably 95% of my food is is homemade. Right. Um, where I live, there's no good takeaways. Yeah. So um, I can so see a cookbook coming on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I cook, I cook pretty much everything I eat, um, and probably eighty, ninety percent vegetarian. Right. Um, okay. That's yeah. I don't I don't follow any yeah. any diet. No. Um, just trying. I think everyone knows when they're eating well and mm. when they're not. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing special. Yeah. And on race day. 
actually during the race what what, what did you do for example in the West Harlem Way race the West Harlem Way race a lot of bananas a lot of pineapple mm. um, a lot of beetroot juice later on the little double espresso cans yeah coffee right. with, they've got milk and sugar in them so they're mm. um, and I love coffee right. um that was really about it. Okay. Maybe a few, a few muesli bars. Yeah. Um, but bananas were my staple. Yep. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, John, for tonight. That's been really helpful just to get a sense of um, those races. And congratulations again on last year. Thank you. And I, I think you still there's still more to come. There's uh, faster races and bigger races, and uh, we'll get involved. And you know, I think um, I say not not just your running, which is great, but we also really appreciate all the time and effort you put into the fling and now the Devils as well. Um, you know, from a, a runner's point of view, it's just so good taking part in those races, knowing that you'll be well looked after. It's well organised and it makes it makes it enjoyable. And doesn't it? You don't have to worry. And uh, the amount of people that are coming to the fling when I think. The first year there was 17 and now there's what over 800 this year yeah <laughs> you know it's amazing the way it's grown and um and it's part of the the uk championships again this year isn't it the is it, what's and it no it's, the, a, it's a scottish the Scot- ultra championship oh, the um, scottish ultra, one, right. ultra okay. champ- um, scottish athletics ultra championship race right um Yes. So does that has that attracted some higher quality athletes you think so yeah some some um some Scottish, uh, some good Scottish ones. It, yeah. it slightly it coincides. It's very close to the World Trail Ultra Championships, mm. so the runners can't do both. So right. that's unfortunate for the fling. Okay. Um, but we just heard we've got a got a, a an American elite mm-hmm. um, coming over. That was just in the last couple of days. Can you give so, us a name? Or no, no, <laughs> no, no name. Um, but he has won hundred milers and he does a two twenty three marathon. Oh wow! So, oh, so you might be one to watch. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so and hopefully there'll be a few more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's still a few places for yeah. for the the elite. the elite boys and girls. Excellent. So. Great. Well, we look forward to that. So again, once again, thank you very much, and we wish you all the best for 2015. Okay. Thanks, John. you've enjoyed this latest West Harlem Way Race podcast and the interviews that I did with Marco and with John. Um, I hope uh, I say everything's going well if you're listening to this while you're running. hope you're having a, a good run and uh, having a good session. Just finish again with a little quote from Wombat Fitness. This one is from a guy called Peter Maher and he says, running is a big question mark that there's there each and every day. It asks you, are you going to be a wimp? Or are you going to be strong today?